If you wonder about the birds and the bees, just tune in to some Frank and Beans. Welcome to Frank and Beans, everybody. Frank and Beans, the Sex and Relationship Podcast. Where I am Sleepy Beth. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Tired Brian. <laughs> Bedtime, Brian. Bedtime, Brian. <laughs> right. It's like a new I come with, action figure. Right. I, I come with pajamas and a pillow. Right. King <laughs> like, size bed sold separately. First of all, let's pretend like Bedtime Brian doesn't come with a CPAP machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's yeah. okay, because Bedtime Bath comes with my headgear that I have to wear while I'm sleeping. <laughs> and, um, yeah, because I grind my teeth at night, so I have to, like, oh, wear, yeah. a, I have to wear, like, a tooth brace thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I probably just a bunch, never... bunch of, probably the sexiest sleepers out there. Oh, for sure. And then I have to have, like, a leg pillow where my hips hurt. And, like, because I'm just, like, 100 years old at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were just talking about going up a flight of stairs, and it's like, no, nope. <laughs> give me, give me ten to twenty. I'm, yeah, I'm tired. I'm all set. I'm so glad we have an elevator where I live now. I'm like, oh, this is so great. It's like, <laughs> it's just, I could not do it. I could not no. do it. No. Anyway, what was yeah. about last week, Brian? Last week we talked about blowjobs. Mm. Mm, yeah, that was a fun the episode. Best- yeah, it was fun. I, I like those um, not very fact-heavy and um, opinionated episodes. Yes, yeah. I yeah. um, I also, it made me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I love I those have... ones where I re-listen to it and it gives me a good hearty laugh. Yeah, even though you recorded it and, you know, edit it and all that other stuff and then go back and listen to it and it's still funny. Right. It's like we got something. I, you know, I agree. We might be on to something. I agree. In fact, I was just going to say that <laughs> there's like a new town that showed up on our um, stats that I was like, damn, they love us. Oh, yeah. I oh, saw that, too. Um... Oh, oh, so first of all, Hamburg, New York, we love you because you yeah. are just like, we have, what, 713 listens the last in week In the last alone. seven days, yeah. In the last seven days alone in Hamburg. So Hamburg, you're the best. If you want us to come do a live show, we will totally be down to do that. Yeah. Um, but also Lamar. Where is Lamar? Please email Lamar? us. Mm, I want to say I've heard of a Lamar, Missouri before, but let's. I um, think I looked it up and it said something about Colorado. But if you are one of our new many listeners, we have like 100 people listening in Lamar yeah. this week. There's Lamar, Missouri, L- Lamar, Colorado, and Lamar, Arkansas. So, oh, okay. So where are you, Lamar? Tell us where you're from. Email us. us email us or at fnbpodcast at gmail.com. So that's Frank November Bravo podcast at gmail.com. Or just get in our DMs on our Facebook. Our Facebook is so rad and it's so lit. And so if you're not already on there, uh, definitely check it out. And then like, let us know what state are you in, Lamar? In yeah. Hamburg, New York, I'm pretty sure that's you. But you can also correct us if we're wrong on that as well. Yeah, but for sure. um and then yeah, let us know your show ideas. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Because obviously you enjoy listening to us, which is amazing. So we appreciate you. And um yeah, uh if you feel like that is just not enough, that you want to be more involved, you could leave us a swell review while you're online. 
um, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Facebook, wherever. It really helps the show out a lot. So it helps us keep it commercial free as well. So if you can, please um, give just give us a five star review. Say you want to smooch Beth on her lips, or you want (laughs) Brian to snore you to sleep at night, or whatever. Like just whatever, (laughs) whatever Whatever you want to say. It would really, really, really help us. We would appreciate it. Um, and if you yeah. feel like that still still isn't enough and you want to represent Fringe Means so heavily, you could get on our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash Frank and Beans, all spelled out. You can become a Patreon sponsor. And um, yeah, for as little as three dollars. I, I'm drinking vodka today, so oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't have a crack. I didn't have a crack. But um, but you can become a Patreon sponsor, and we can do anything. We can shout out your song, which I yeah. think we're going to have a song next week to shout out from a very special new Twitter friend artist that I have. Oh, nice. Um, and then also, you can we can say happy birthday to your grandma. We can mm-hmm. just say the name of your business, whatever you want to do. Five bucks. Um, That's it. Or you could also get a sweet T-shirt, sticker pack, all kinds of different fun stuff on there, so that you can represent Frank and Means publicly. Absolutely, I did do some guerrilla marketing and like put up stickers in bathrooms at bars and stuff. <laughs> did you? We still yeah. aren't allowed to have bars here because you know. It's so weird how, you know, even the Kansas City on the Kansas side, like they just. Um, they're allowing the bars to stay open till one or one thirty now. That's crazy. But before that, it was it was ten p.m. They were closed. You had to be out at ten p.m. Yeah. And Kansas side was like, mm, no, we're still open till three a.m. What? Yeah. They just don't give a fuck. They're like, whatever. No, they really don't. They really don't. It's crazy here, like, because there's just so many people in such a, such a small area. Mm. Like, I guarantee you, the space. Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas takes up is the entire state of Rhode Island. Oh, probably. Excuse me, I was yawning. No, it's okay. It's literally like 30 miles uh, to the other side of the state. Okay, yeah. I mean... I was just talking with somebody about going to a casino in Connecticut, which is 35 miles away. (laughs) And I am on the east side of Rhode Island. Right. Four miles from the Massachusetts border, so as well. That's so crazy. But there, because there's so many, but I, we're also in Providence, which is a major city. So it's like, mm. because there's so many people in such a small area, we're just like, nope, we can't have nice things. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Though I have to laugh, okay, because if we can get political again for a second. You know how they've been talking about, like, oh, there's possibly going to be, like, insurrections at all 50 state capitals. Mm. I Okay, Rhode Island has, oddly enough... So Providence is the capital, obviously. <laughs> it's it's the only major city in the entire state. Um, but we have this the old capital and the new capital. And I'm like, bet, bet if they storm it, they're going to the wrong one. Because <laughs> <laughs> the wrong one is the one with like a grassy area for people to stand upon. And like the correct one is the one that's like literally on the highway. <laughs> like oh. nowhere to stand, nowhere to park, no nothing. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So we'll see if that even happens. But yeah. Sure. Anyway. Anyway, Rhode Island. 
enough about Rhode Island <laughs> and geography. Yeah. Um, Beth, are you ready for the fuck yeah news story of the week? Always. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah news story of the week. Fuck yeah news story of the week. We've got traffic strip of fuck yeah master betting in an Ikea. All right. So this one comes from Bumble. Or maybe it doesn't come from Bumble, but it's about Bumble. <laughs> it doesn't come from Bumble. What is it about it? All right. So Bumble disabled its politics filter after it was used to out capital rioters. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, well done. <laughs> well done, the, ladies. The dating app Bumble has disabled its politics filter after it was supposedly used to reveal the, the identities of capital rioters. Um, Marshable. Is that right? Mashable? Mashable. Mashable has reported. It's been all over the internet, honestly, like TikTok and like mm-hmm. this is a news, this is an actual news story about it. But like, so basically what happened is that like women in and around the D- the DC area were on Bubble and they were changing their political filter to conservative just mm-hmm. to trap some of these idiots. So gotcha. they would change their filter to conservative. Then you'd get in a conversation with one of these jackhammers. And they would say, oh, yeah, they'd be bragging about how I was at the insurrection and I did this and that and the other thing to, like, think they're going to impress their mm-hmm. lady love. When in all reality, she's just like, boop, and forward to FBI. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually says that the FBI asked the public to help identify the participants. And your stupid dating app just got you caught. <laughs> The FBI did ask people to identify people, but this mm-hmm. was using the brain of a lady yeah. to find out exactly who these people were, get them to admit it, provide evidence in the form of photos and or other what have you. Just so, mwah. ladies, <laughs> if we can just talk shit, stop talking shit about each other long enough. To take over the world, we can take over the world. I'm telling you, this is how much yeah. smarter we are. Yeah, this by is Friday. how much smarter we are by Friday. By, by Friday, <laughs> <laughs> we can have them all in the cages instead of the kids down by the border by Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Truly. Oh, that's funny. But it is uh, very funny. Oh well, fuck yeah, ladies! Yeah, fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, are you ready for our topic today? I am. So this I'm not because, <laughs> like, I read. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I even mean, read. Uh, <laughs> can't even read. Well, the good news about our topic today is that we don't really have to read so much uh, to really enjoy it. But it is about sexual literature. Mm. And this episode is dedicated to 2020 and 2021 election superheroine and goddess diva extraordinaire Stacey Abrams. Now, if you do not know who Stacey Abrams is, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but she is a former Georgia gubernatorial candidate, politician, lawyer, voting rights activist, and deserves a tremendous amount of credit for her efforts to organize and get people to the polls in Georgia and throughout the country. She basically saved the entire next administration by flipping Georgia blue and changed the destiny of the country by getting two Georgia senators, including 
the first black male senator in the state of Georgia ever elected. Cool. Um, but do you want to know what we love most about St- Stacey a- Abrams? Jeez. <laughs> it's going to be um, a tough one for you, isn't it? I know it. <laughs> um, she is also an author of sexy romance novels when she is not busy saving democracy, or so I'm told. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> she is. <laughs> It just goes to show that people can be a badass during the day and spend their free time dedicated to giving the people the sex-positive message they really need in life. Kind of like if you had a regular job and a sex podcast at the same time. Weird. Yeah, it's that is a superpower. I'm almost sure of it. It truly is. It truly is. So, Stacey Abrams, this episode is for you, even though Brian's going to flub it horribly. I just yeah. need hands. Um no, but so we we wanted to celebrate this episode with some of the greatest achievements in sexual literature because legitimately Stacey Abrams, besides all of that, she wrote a fucking sexy novel during all of this. Like, oh. this is literally what she does. She's already had several, but so let's start it off. We'll start the episode off by talking about a collection of romance novels offered by, authored by, Selena Montgomery. Now, Selena Montgomery is the pen name of Stacey Abrams. What? Yes. <laughs> what? So Stacey Abrams has written eight novels, sexy novels, right? Mm-hmm. They're titled The Art of Desire, mm-hmm. Never Tell, Ooh. Deception, Ah. Hidden Sin. That's my favorite. I like that one. Reckless. <laughs> oh, that's a Beth Franzak story. Um, <laughs> Secrets and Lies. Mm. Ooh. The Power of Persuasion. Mm-hmm. And Rules of Engagement. Ooh. See, Are these they all sound kind like of classy, sexy titles. Yeah, they they kind of be, sound like political sexy novels if that's even a thing kind of a little bit like it's almost like okay yes you can tell they're like they have a little bit of sex appeal to them but they're not like ridiculous and we'll get there when we get to the harlequin romance novels but (laughs) but one of the greatest things about stacy abrams and these books that she's written is a that you know what it's cool so like she's so sex positive she's like "Yeah, yeah i write sexy novels that shit is amazing you're welcome america on top of everything else i've done for you right Right. And then on top of it, it's like she gets enjoyment out of it. Just like you and I love doing this podcast, right? Like, yeah. the reason we do it is because it's fun for us to sit here as two best friends talking about it. Like, it's fun for her to create these universes that she gets to go to to, like, escape and help other people escape by doing it. Like, that's cool as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And one of the coolest parts of Stacy's books is that they're particularly celebrated for telling black female stories. Okay. So gotcha. clearly, they're probably going to be way less nerdy than like normal fucking Harlequin romance novels. <laughs> they're yeah. probably actually sexy versus like, yeah, you know, like there's the Fabio also, ones. Yeah. There's also, I'm trying to remember um, if he's, he's a congressman from Virginia that writes Bigfoot Erotica, Stop which it. doesn't. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. His name is uh, Denver Riggleman. Riggleman. No. 
Um, and he writes Bigfoot erotica. So, I mean, that's not as sex positive and as progressive as, say, you know, <laughs> Selena Montgomery or Stacey is, Abrams. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, like, do you, boo? You know what I mean? Yeah, Bigfoot erotica. Like, it's got a spot in here, too. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Because yeah, to go each look their own. Just because we're not into Bigfoot erotica doesn't mean it's not like a thing. I mean, don't speak for the both of us now. <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself, Frozak. <laughs> right. You keep, All right, you that's keep fair. Your... <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I deserve anyway, that. Anyway, okay. I've never read Bigfoot erotica, but if I had the option, uh, you know, I'm not going to go buy the book, but if... It, it landed on my if doorstep there was mysteriously. Like a picture book of it, we would read it because we're both so dumb. We're like, <laughs> yeah, don't think we're not going. Like after this episode, we're both drunk enough to like go buy a Bigfoot erotica picture book. We're not going to do it because we are obviously. <laughs> like uh, we have anything better to spend our money on? We don't. Sure, and, you know, <laughs> I, I have love for Sasquatch. Like, send us your Patreon money. Have you seen that guy on Facebook, uh, Sax Squatch? No. S-A-X. Okay. It's a guy who dresses like... You remember I'm kicked off Facebook? Is this this the one that you tagged me in and I wasn't allowed to react because I'm still in jail? Yeah. So this guy dresses up like Bigfoot, goes out in the woods, and plays the saxophone. What? And it's amazing. It's 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 beautiful music. It's it's so cool. There was a guy playing the French horn in the park today. Oh, interesting. It was the weirdest thing. But Dutch was like, and then he's cleaning it afterwards, and it makes these like animal dying noises when you're cleaning it. And Dutch is all like trying to jump at him, and I'm like, can you not right now? Right. Yeah. Stop it with your mating calls. Right. Was he dressed up as Sasquatch? No, he was not. Unfortunately. Fucking bum. What a bum. <laughs> he was actually dressed up like nice. Like it looked like he just got done from like an orchestra practice. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway, um, let's talk about the Karma Sutra for a minute. The Karma. So, karma. You said Karma. Yeah. Is it not Karma? It's not Karma. It's Kama Sutra. Oh. Like Kamala oh. Harris. Uh, like you like you live in Boston and Kama. Kamala. Kama Sutra. Kama. All right. Um, Kama Sutra. Is an ancient Indian Sanskrit text on sexuality, eroticism, and emotional fulfillment in life, which historians place between 400 BC and 300 CE. You know, that's the first time in my 39 years on this earth I knew what after BC was called. Yeah? I swear. What, what right, is I've CE? never heard of CE. It's like after BC. You know how BC is before Christ? Yeah. CE is apparently what they call like after BC. Interesting. I don't know what it means, but I'm, I'm 39 years old and I just found that out. Yeah. I was because today was... years old when I discovered that. <laughs> because there, isn't it like BC and AD? Or is AD and CE? The, you know, that's a different podcast. I don't know. Never mind. Maybe there is AD. <laughs> I don't remember. I've never heard of AD either, CE but is. okay. I'm stupid. So. Yeah, I don't know what CE is, but that's a different podcast. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to pretend like we know it. That's a right. long fucking time ago, Beth. Holy shit. 300 CE? No matter what, it's a long time ago. Long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Uh, the Kama 
Kama Sutra is neither exclusively nor predominantly a sex manual on sex positions. Which, that's news to me. Yeah, that's news to me. Uh, But written as a guide to the art of living well, the nature of love, finding a life partner, maintaining one's love life, and other aspects pertaining to pleasure-oriented facilities of human life. Interesting. I see. I literally, like, I was under the impression it's, like, literally a picture book of sex positions. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was way off, apparently. Oh. It's just how well-read we are. <laughs> right. Right. Fucking nerds. Right. Um, its chapters discuss methods for courtship, training in the arts to be socially engaging, finding a partner, flirting, maintaining power in a married life, uh, when and how to m- commit adultery. Okay. Sexual positions and other topics. Excuse me, hold on a second, Brian. Pruitt. Wait a minute. <laughs> Do you mean to tell me that this is Frank and Beans before Frank and Beans is Frank and Beans? I mean, <laughs> is that what the Kama Sutra is? Yeah, sounds like it. Holy shit! But we will never like tell you when and how to commit adultery. No, don't be an asshole. No, you definitely know, this- not. This reminds me of something that I saw on Facebook the other day, and I got hot about it, like livid. And it's okay. been a while since I've done that because I've removed most of those people from Facebook. Yeah, but me this too. was yeah. But this was n- nothing political. It was, um, in your opinion, why do you think um, relationships don't last as long now as when your grandparents were together? Oh man! And, and I said to myself, if I see anybody here who says because social media. Um, causes too many temptations, I'm going to flip my shit. And every person. of course, of course. Every person. And it's like, no. Just because Facebook doesn't put more temptations, it's just easier access to those temptations, right? Exactly. And you want to know what? Here's the thing. It's not, that's not even that true, okay? Because, no. like, here's the thing. My grandmother was married three times. Three Mm. times. Sure. I haven't even been married once. So if you're talking like, you know, yeah, hoishness. Good point. Uh, people are mm-hmm. not like that. You know what I mean? It, it right. could it, one could even venture to say like I'm almost better at relationships because of the fact that I've never been married, and yeah, yeah means you've never been divorced. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I actually take all of this seriously. Not that my grandmother didn't, but you know what I'm saying. And like, yeah. So yeah, I hate when people say that it's apples to oranges. It's a different world than it was then. And everything, 100%. everything happens today at an exponentially faster rate. Mm-hmm. Think about how, like, but- uh, think about how literally, like, if you like, when you go to McDonald's and you're like, uh, I'll have a hamburger. Okay, where is it? You know what I mean? You expect everything immediately now. Like back in the day, you start with like, okay, mom's going to cook dinner and like blah, blah, blah. And like had a hope that it was ready by the time she got home. Whatever. So yeah, it's just a different world. Well, that and, you know, I mean, that temptation is there whether you're on Facebook or not. But if you're the piece of shit that's going to fall for that or... You know, and people like, aren't all of a sudden more horny than they were back then. Come on, right? Come on. I mean, the the Kama Kama Sutra was written 400 BC. Come on, exactly. And they're telling you how and when to commit adultery. Anyway, yeah. B- back to the the Kama. The Kama. 
palaces. The comma. This reminds me of the way my <laughs> boss talks. <laughs> Did I tell you yeah. about, tell you about how, like her Boston accent is so thick? <laughs> oh, you were saying well, what was the um, typo? The, yeah, she spells things the way she says them. Areas, <laughs> areas. So area, areas. A R E A S, like areas uh, of the building or whatever. Uh-huh. Areas, and then the way this Boston spelled is A R R E A R S. That's way too many areas. Areas. It's like, oh my uh, god, I was like crying, laughing. But one of the one thing, one of the things I did want to have fun with while we're talking about the comma show was like sort of like the chapter breakdown. So I don't know if you can pull it up quickly because I put the link in there, Brian. But like, mm. okay, so some of the chapters I thought were just were so interesting, like. There's a whole section of, like, the life of an urban gentleman. And keep in mind, this is 400 B.C., right? Yeah. So, work routine, entertainment is a festival, sports, picnics, socialization, blah, blah, blah. And um, then it's, like, types of women, finding sexual partners, being lovers, being faithful, permissible women, adultery, and when to commit it. It's like, wait a minute, a second ago, I thought you said being faithful. Right. The forbidden women and who one must avoid. Discretion hmm. and messengers and helpers. Few do's and don'ts in life. Um, yeah, sexual relationships and the pleasure of sex. So that's like, this is the part I think most people think of when they think of the sexual part of it, right? Um, yeah. The uniqueness of every lover. Temperaments, sizes, endurance, foreplay, types of love and lovers. Duration of sex, types of climax, intimacy, joy, figuring out if someone is interested, conversations, massage, kissing. Like, this is literally like, think about how deep they got into this stuff. And this is thousands of years ago. I mean, and those are all like Frankenbean episode titles as well. Thank you. Like, taking care. It's like there's even a section about cleanliness, taking care of teeth, hair, body, nails. Physical, non-sexual forms of intimacy, scratching, poking, biting, slapping, you know. And then, yeah, yeah, intercourse, what it is, how, positions. And, like, moaning, um, the needs of a woman, the needs of a man, oral sex, opinions, disagreements, keeping sex exciting. Okay. 64 methods to happiness in a committed relationship, acquiring a wife. This is, like, the end all to be all guide to dating and sex back then whoa think about people were thinking about the stuff that we're talking about thousands of years ago yeah isn't that and wild it's so strange yeah it's so strange that it's still like taboo you this know is what i'm saying like that's where i'm going with that is that like people now are like oh it's so racy that you have this like podcast or whatever it's like Really? But isn't this something that literally all of us are doing all the time for thousands of years? Every single day, yeah. And people have already been doing this. like. So it almost makes me feel like this is an important message that we're sending, you know? Yeah, of course. It's like they were doing it thousands of years ago, talking about all this stuff. It was important. You know, like the kids back in thousands of years ago who got a hold of this were like, yes, finally a guide to this shit. Right. So, anyway. yeah, I like it. I think it's cool. So, anyway, next we'll talk about. Oof, I would guess, I guess I can say another sexual pioneer. And that is the Marquis de Sade. Yeah. And, you know, this was just something that I, I knew about 
previously. I've never read any of his stuff, but like he was a, we had to throw it in here because how do you not? Right. Uh, um, but he was like a French author, maybe in the yep. 16th century or something like that. Yeah, 18th century. 18th century. Um, and he just wrote some of the dirtiest shit in the world and was imprisoned for it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's best known for his erotic works, which combined philosophical discourse with pornography, depicting sexual fantasies, with an emphasis on violence, suffering, anal sex, which he deemed sodomy, crime, and blasphemy against Christianity. But... You know, you almost have to wonder, like, how bad was it in today's, you know, terms? Sure, yeah. Because here's the thing. This is written, again, in the, in the late 1700s, early 1800s, right? hmm And now some of it does, like, they say that it depicts cruelty or what have you, but isn't this just, like, the original person to, like, be open about BDSM? Yeah. Because people or do maybe, this all the time. So the word sadism and sadists are derived literally in reference to this author. Yeah. And, um, you know, said, uh, it's sadism. Yeah. And it was actually like Freud studied his writings and kind of came, came up with his own thing that was, or not his own thing, got his thing from Marquis de Sade that, you know, um, when we, um, in, in, when we, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? When we hold back on our um, desires and Mm. wants and needs is when it becomes dangerous. Right. And here's the interesting thing is they do talk about, again, I have to wonder, like, uh, you know, where this borderlies on abuse or not, because he does say that he like he, I guess, studied this a lot, mostly on prostitutes. But you have Mm -hmm. to think, okay, is he just having like a transaction with a prostitute saying like, I'm going to ha- like perform this violent act and either I can pay you for it or not. And either you're into it or you're not. Or was he just doing it non-consensually? You know, I mean, fair. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, he was, he was a big fan of like having state ran brothels. I right. did read that in that little article. So I almost y- have to like, part of me wants to believe that this was like consensual and in a way, it was like, because if he really wanted to be some violent monster, he would be more like a Jack the Ripper. He's doing it to, like, regular, you know what right. I mean? Or, like, he ends up Unsuspecting murdering. Unsuspecting victims, Exactly. Yeah. Ends up murdering them and then, like, you know, whatever. Like, he's, he's, these are almost seemingly, like, designed, willing participant, like, I don't know. Yeah, Observe, that would like, be more scientific observations. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just kind of like threw him in there. Um, but I don't think either one of us dug too deep on him. No. We both got to a certain point where it was like an abusing women. And we're like, oh, ah, okay. Yikers. Yeah. yeah. So he gets a mention, but let's not dive too deep. Maybe into we'll, him. maybe after more research, we'll give him his own episode. Yeah. Maybe. If we discover that he was a good person after all. But you're right. I'm kind of curious as like how in today's world, how bad was the stuff that he was writing about, you know? Right. And again, I'm kind of almost feeling like if it was this like depraved, like craziness, we wouldn't be hearing about it. It would be like the originals, origins of serial killer, you know, like shit. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next one is a personal favorite of mine because um, my mom totally had this book. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. 
It is The Joy of Sex, A Gourmet Guide to Lovemaking. And this is a classic. Brian, I need you to, uh, real quick, look up pictures of this book mm-hmm. because it All is right. the original 1970s like guide to lovemaking, right? So the uninhibited bestseller that has sold more than 8 million copies since its first publication in 1972 is now updated and revised for a new generation. Now, again, my mom had this book and I remember finding it when I was like maybe 12 years old and just okay, being yeah. like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. And then just looking at the pictures of me like, holy shit, that's what people do. And then just like, like it's heavily illustrated. Yeah. It's, and I'm looking at some of the pictures now and it's yeah, like. Yeah, it is like heavy you know, on the bush and bearded 70s people. Yeah, I was going to say that 70s beard is like. Ooh, gross, oof. gross. But like, yeah. you can see like 12 year old me going through this going, oh my God, like he's sucking on her breasts. And then like, oh my God, you know, like this is what's happening. You're like, that was my introduction to like sex. It's like in my household, we did not have like a talk. No. <laughs> I stumbled upon this book and thousands of books my mom had, right? Yeah. So, um, but apparently it's been like redone, you know, for the today's age, but as captivating and provocative as ever and filled with illustrations, the joy of sex sparks the imagination with its playful, erotic, and exhilarating presentation. But most of all, it is the no-nonsense yet fun approach that Dr. Alex Comfort speaks of to anyone seeking to achieve greater sexual satisfaction. Um, so essentially, you know, they cover every topic from um, even everything to like AIDS, diseases, the practice of responsible sex, birth control, Viagra, menopause. Um, but like the original joy of sex was basically just like 70s illustrations of people having like <laughs> sex. It was pretty wild. And again, this is my that was my introduction to sex was finding that book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks it looks like a good uh, page turner. It's terrible. It looks <laughs> it's so bad. If you look at the pictures of this book, you're like, holy like dirty hippies having sex. But like drawn. <laughs> it's drawn. It's illustrated. It's not pictures. It is drawn pictures of people having sex. It's wild. Right. Yeah. It's wild. It is pretty wild. And I did see that they they had a couple of different uh versions like um The Joy of Gay Sex. Yeah. Uh, um there was one in there that I was kind of like eh about but the the um the joy of teen sex. Teen sex. Teen T E E N. I don't like that. No, no, I don't like that one bit. No, um no. the joys of sex in later life. So there's like different uh different uh okay. spin-offs of it. Yeah. All right. A gourmet guy to no. Yeah. <laughs> the word gourmet like is a little a little yeah. gag reflexy, yep. Yeah. All right. Next, let's talk about the uh, Harlequin romance novels. <laughs> this is like, this is what, yeah, this is. Is this what, the, uh, um, these are the Fabio covered? The Walmart smut. Yes. Walmart <laughs> smut. I've never heard of it. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Um, all right, so Harlequin was a Toronto-based brand that published their romance series from 1949 to 2014, um, really <laughs> known for being the first mainstream publishers of sultry s- sexuality, 
sexually explicit novels. Yes, like this is what you think of, like the sexy again, the the Fabio covers, right? Romance yeah, novels. yeah, makes sense. Um, insane popularity. Uh, in 1992, Harlequin had its best year as of uh, 1998, selling over 205 million novels in 24 languages on six continents. Think about that. They sold <laughs> in 1992 alone. Yeah. That's one year. One year, Brian. Yeah. One year, they sold 205 million <laughs> novels. Yeah. To be fair, they put those things out like... I'm sure I, they would let yeah, me be an author for them. Yeah, but they sold them. Yeah, fair, fair. They sold, but it's not one novel. It's two hundred and five million novels in one year. Right, it's still pretty astonishing. Yeah, uh, the comp- company released a total of eight hundred new titles in English, with six thousand six hundred foreign editions in one year. One year. In one year, is that not fucking insane? That's pretty insane. Everyone's That's- reading this shit. <laughs> Everyone, your mom's reading the shit, your auntie is reading the shit, your sister's reading right. the shit. Right. Come on, that is insane. Yeah. Um, the company is considered one of the most prof- profitable in publishing. Obviously. Oh, right. Over 585 million worth of books sold in 2003. That's crazy. For gross profit of 124 million and a profit margin of 21%. That's one year, $124 million in profit. Yeah. Can you imagine? On, sm- on smut novels. <laughs> a 21% profit margin. That is really high for any product. Sure, especially a book, because authors make tons of money. Yeah. Tons of fucking money. Well, but really, okay, so I worked for a publishing company, and like, but mm-hmm. it was textbooks. And they really don't make as much as you think because mm. when it comes to peer-reviewed scientific, like proven information, it costs mm-hmm. a lot of money to get that. That's fair. To get it from like author to onto the table, yeah. Mm. Do you think that Harlequin had to deal with that? No, because listen, all I had <laughs> okay. to have was a bunch of corny Stacey Abrams stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I love you, Stacey. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> the company even has divisions for every type of romance one could imagine, including, but not limited to. The first one, Brian. <laughs> Harlequin Nocturne. Or, and that is for paranormal romance. Paranormal, there's an entire paranormal romance division, Brian. That is so fucking there's cool. There's a division. I love that. How many millions? Of ghost sex books, do you think they're cranking out a year? My, I, I hope a lot. Enough for my to sake. verify our entire Spectrophilia episode. Yeah, I love it. Um, they also have the Harlequin medical romance. I feel like this is like Ooh. the ERs, like the sure, yeah, you know, like this is like the Grey's Anatomy edition. All right, they also have the military specific romance section. Oh, they. Li- <laughs> It is no joke. They have Air Force specific, Marine specific. Uh, I'm sure they have a Space Force one coming out this year. I mean, it is like out of control how specific they have. Like, if you, no matter what your fantasy is, Harlequin Romance has got you. Okay. Yeah. And to continue, Harlequin Historicals. Yeah. For historical romance, you want to be courted by a knight? (laughs) 
Look at this section. Yeah, you do. And then this one sounds fun. Harlequin <laughs> Special Edition features relatable characters. Okay, this is my hmm. favorite. And because I was just like, let's let our, let our imagination run wild with this relatable characters. It's like a buffooning alcoholic middle aged woman <laughs> who has a podcast and <laughs> a regular day job. <laughs> is that how relatable the characters are getting? They have to. They did 208 million novels last year alone. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, there's one specific to what I'm going through. Right. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. I mean, I'm into it. Way to go, Harlequin. Like, way to make it mainstream. Yeah. So, okay, some of my favorite titles that I found that I had to just pull. Because this is what separates it from a Stacey Abrams serious Harlequin romance novel and a Harlequin romance novel. Some of the titles include, okay, <laughs> number one, Her Boss's One Night Baby. Oh. That's a very specific title. You know what's going to happen yeah. here. All right. Yeah. Chosen for his desert throne. Okay. Ooh, very. Ooh, I don't like this next one. It's a little. Ooh, uh. <clears throat> when I kissed you, an older man, younger woman romance. Mmm. I don't like that. No. <laughs> this next one. <laughs> <laughs> the burning bush. A mon. A Montana romance. <laughs> <laughs> like at first I thought it was going to be biblical I did too I did too I was like where is this going Montana Not where and I picked Montana. that Montana yep. Oh yeah. mm, None of those sound sexy Yeah And then the next one is a little The next one is a little It feels like there's like a spinner somewhere Where they just right. like start picking Like there's like a You have like a noun verb noun Like uh, spinners right. Where it's just like the This is this is this Right they the, mad lib this title. The tycoon, yeah, it's this is the mad libs of like Harlequin <laughs> Romance. The tycoon's pregnant mistress, like you mm. know, there is just a mad lib of like, <laughs> yeah. And then the last one, it just made me laugh because it was Naked Fury. Yeah, <laughs> I'm naked and I'm furious <laughs> at the same time. It's just so ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that just, it, it, mm. yep. that's like a um, Vietnam POW comes back and is just naked and furious. Yeah, and just anger. Fucks everything in his path. Or it's like, it's me of like, like Toxic Avenger or something. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen Toxic Avenger, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, all the trauma movies are yeah. amazing. Or Naked Fury, period. Right. All right, so. Moving on, we have our next provider, purveyor, if you will, of sexual literature, and that is Playboy. Yeah. Playboy is classic, right? It is. Oh, it's very an, classic. An American's lifestyle and entertainment magazine, formerly in print and currently online. It was founded in Chicago, Illinois, where all great mm, things showtime. are made. Right. Mostly podcast co-hosts. Um yeah. In 1950- to be fair, I was made in New Mexico. Oh, that's true. I forgot. That's, yeah. Anyway, you were anyway. you were formed. You were right, made that's in New true. Mexico. You were formed in Chicago. Um, it was founded in Chicago in 1953 by Hugh Hefner and his associates, and funded in part. This is a fun fact: by a one thousand dollar loan from Hugh Hefner's mother. Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, mom! I'm gonna start a porn industry. I I 
Playboy is by no means porn. No. No. But, um, hey, Mom, I want, I want to start a, a nude magazine. Hey, Mom. Uh, thousand hear, bucks? Hey, Mom, <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> Before you get riled up, just hear me out. And yeah. I was like, Dad, hear me out. Like, any time I've ever borrowed money from my dad, I feel like this was the conversation. It's like, hear me out, Dad. (laughs) I know that this will be the last time I ever ask for. It will be the last time I ever have to ask. And he's like, you're 38, but okay. We'll pretend that's true. Okay, anyway, go ahead. And you told me it was the last time last time. Right. So anyway, notable for its centerfolds or nude and semi-nude models known as Playmates, Playboy played an important role in the sexual revolution and remains one of the world's best-known brands having grown into Playboy enterprises with a presence in nearly every medium. And I would agree with this, okay? Like, you know, I think a lot of... There's something to be said where it's like, oh, is it like objectifying women? Okay, but is it? Or is it just... Or, or is it or empowering I, women? That's the way that I see it. Is it empowering women to say, yeah, d- the way that I always think of this is like dudes, if dudes are going to give you money just to see your titties, this is like the easiest money you'll ever make. Like, yeah, get right. it, girl, do it. I mean, this is almost like if you were to fast forward to 2021, right. this is this was the um, OnlyFans Bingo. of... 1953. Such a good you know? point. Oh my god, that is. So- and if somebody, and, and this is another reason why, if you women stop talking shit about each other, you can take over the world by Friday because we're going to spend all of our money on OnlyFans, right. looking at naked tits of people that we don't know when we can get this stuff for free. But for some reason, it feels to, I, exactly. Just, and one of the greatest things about this what? was the anonymity, anonymity of it. You know, mm-hmm. like if a man had a Playboy, uh, per, like subscription it would come to the privacy of his house he didn't have to go out and buy a magazine in public now they did offer them for sale in some like magazine establishments but this was something that you could like have sent to the privacy of your own home and in a time it came in a black bag in a time where you could not get that like you couldn't get stuff sent to your house to the privacy of your own home like that just never happened back then and think about like the playboy bunny like the logo right how many trashy women have a Playboy bunny tattoo right now? Yeah, I mean, tons. Tons. <laughs> I didn't mean to call them trashy, but... No, but you're you right. Know. It's Hey, listen, we've been over the rose <laughs> tattoos. You know, right. You know, uh, listen, I have a tramp stamp. I know. I get it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But, you know, just that logo is so recognizable, and we exactly. all know what it means. And we all know what it's there for. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean... But who wouldn't want to celebrate hot women? Like, great. Like, women are sexy. That's wonderful. That's a- we should celebrate sure. it and not shame it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, one, one of the things that made Playboy so unique and popular was its ability to get celebrities to pose Bingo. for the magazine. Mm-hmm. I still own several of these. Yeah, and you want to know what? I own one of them, and we'll get to the It's the very last one. Okay. Um, some of the famous edition. women. Gotcha. Some of the famous women that have posed for Playboy over time included Jane Mansfield, Drew Barrymore, Denise Richards, uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. Is that the singer Tiffany? Yeah, the singer Tiffany. Okay. I had no idea until I read that. Wait I a minute. Like, the what? redhead Tiffany? Yes. 
I need to get on eBay. Uh, thank you. She was in Playboy. What do you know, right? Yeah. Olympic swimmer Amanda Beard. Oh, which I don't remember that. No. Uh, Shannon Doherty. Suzanne Summers. And those buns of thighs. Buns of or, steel. No, buns of steel. <laughs> steel. Buns of thighs. She also did buns thighs of steel as well. <laughs> buns of thighs. <laughs> That's a weird abomination. Nobody wants the picture. <laughs> <laughs> just ass, just thighs instead of ass cheeks. Oh, mm. <laughs> uh, moving along, Latoya Jackson. Oh yeah, N- yeah, Nancy Sinatra, Carney Wilson. Who Ooh. wouldn't want to see one of the Wilson Phillips sisters? Yeah, but Carney was this before or after the lap band? Surgery? I have no idea. Okay, I'm not judging. Um, Kim Basinger. And even Springfield's favorite housewife, Marge Simpson. That's the Did one they that I really? have. Yeah. Did they really? How do you not know so that like, I have this? It was probably on display I, at my house at all times. I think that it was, but I didn't know. I mean, so somebody somebody drew Marge Simpson naked? Yes. Weird. Matt Groening, like, agreed to this. Like, it was a whole thing. Okay. And, of course, okay, when cool. I found out about it, like, I was like, well, I don't know if they have it at the store. So I went online and I bought it. Mm-hmm. And they sent it to my house in a little black bag. Yeah. I mean, it's so discreet. Everybody but knows I'm what it is. But I'm such a Simpsons maniac that I had to have it. You know what I mean? Because I have like I have so many crazy Simpsons things in my house. Mm-hmm. Like, I have I have everything from the Pez dispensers to like the little like things. Like I like my Simpsons collection is something that's like it's not on display. It's just the stuff that I have. That's like you have stuff that you hoard like that too. Where but like yeah. that's what I have. I have the Marge Simpson Playboy. So. Mm-hmm. I still I still have the Carmen. I think I have two versions of the Carmen Electra ones. She done she's done it a million times. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, and this is just it. Is okay. It yeah, and this is just it. It's like this is like before the internet. Before the internet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Obviously, now you can go and download fucking Kim Kardashian sex tape anywhere. But before sure. that happened, you had no way to like. This is the first. This That's was a good point. The first like celebrity porn like that you could see or find. Yeah, and I bet you people who you know are not old enough probably don't know what Playboy can't is. Don't know how yeah. they can't, can't fathom. fathom how big that it was Truly. before internet porn. I mean, this was your option. Yeah, I mean, there were other options out there, but right, you know. Yeah, the, the, the nudie magazines. The nudie, nudie magazines, magazine? yeah. Nudie magazine day. Nudie magazine yeah. day. <laughs> I mean, that was a thing. Oh, it wasn't just on your phone, let me look up porn. Exactly, yeah. It wasn't so easy back in the day. You had to either like look mm-hmm. under your dad's bed or what? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, moving on, the next one is, um, and this is an author that I got into when I was a young adult, but... Jacqueline Suzanne, she this is she was an author in like the late sixties or seventies during the sexual revolution, but um, mm-hmm. she was the author of such massive bestsellers as Valley of the Dolls, which gotcha. really paved the way for highly sexualized literature to become a household name. Like mm-hmm. even you, you've probably heard of Valley of the Dolls, right? I've heard of it, yeah, yeah. And that was a movie in like the late sixties, early seventies, which is crazy, right? right? So her two subsequent works, The Love Machine and Once Is Not Enough, which I've read that one as well, Suzanne mm-hmm. became the first author to have three novels top the New York Times bestseller list consecutively. Wow. So she cranked out one, two, three New York Times bestsellers. 
And those are novels that are like the storyline is the main thing, but they the graphic the sex scenes are rather graphic. Mm-hmm. Just for like especially the nineteen sixties or seventies, right? Okay, sure. Because like I said, I've read these, and it wasn't like it's not like Harlequin romance. the The plot is the point of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also the what really like sets this apart is that. Valley of the Dolls was so popular. It, it It's still to this day that popular. But Valley of the Dolls was so popular, it turned into a major motion picture, which launched the careers of Hollywood stars Patty Duke and Sharon Tate. Which, yeah. Ooh, the whole Sharon Tate thing is weird because her husband, um, oh, what's uh, Polanski? Roman Polanski. Roman Pol- yeah. uh, weird fucking guy. She was also murdered by the fucking Manson, Manson clan. Family, yeah. Like, yeah. But, mm. but, and then if you, the crazy thing is, is that if you read this book, her character in this book is like, she's this beautiful Hollywood actress who like, is basically like, she's, she's so beautiful that she just, she becomes this Hollywood sensation just for being beautiful. But she like desperately longs to be like a deeper, be appreciated for her deep feelings and kindness Mm-hmm. And, like, her struggle in this book is that. And she does such a brilliant job of, like, playing this character who's, like, this sex pot but desperately wants to be, like, appreciated for being smart and kind and loving and, like... But it's it's so mirrored real life, Sharon Tate, that it was haunting. Yeah, and weird. Then she okay. And shortly afterwards. So just a really interesting piece of, like, sexual literature that, you know... Well, and that kind of, I mean, it almost kind of reminds me of the next one, but it's because this stuff was still happening. Like people were still writing about sex in the early sixties, late seventies or late sixties, early seventies, but it wasn't as mainstream, I want to say, or maybe just, well, because the Reagan era where we got back to like family values after that whole sexual revolution mm -hmm. and think about how in the early 1980s, all of a sudden, Boom, there was two, three decades of just like, this is smut. We can't have this in the forefront. Right. Think about it. But it was, yeah, it was almost this weird, like, this stuff was still happening. Mm -hmm. And people were still writing about it, making, I mean, porn movies, of course. But this was something that, like, brought that into the mainstream. Again. Brought it notoriety. And just kind of of like, I mean, to segue, Mm -hmm. our next one is Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Which a lot of people have problems with this. Like, we'll get into that. We'll get into um, that. Yeah. So, the 2011 erotic thriller trilogy by E.L. James was a worldwide success that gave birth to the terminology mommy porn. <laughs> it's true. And I, but I love that word because the problems that the BDSM community had with this series of writings and movies was a lot right you know so okay so if you've never heard of it which you had me living under a rock but the novel <laughs> series that follows the deepening relationship between a college graduate anastasia Steele, and a young business magnate christian gray it's notable for its explicitly erotic scenes featuring elements of sexual practices involving bdsm now it could be said that this introduced bdsm to a lot of like mainstream to mommies mommies yeah <laughs> yeah. Or it could be said that it finally made it okay to have these fantasies as a regular mainstream mommy. That's fair. 
Yeah, the BDSM community, the problems that they had was that it was not, a lot of the acts that happened were not consensual at all. Mm -hmm. And that is like the first rule of BDSM. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth on that because of the fact of the matter is that she signed a contract at the beginning that said she was willing to do whatever. So essentially there is consent in that she signed on saying she would do whatever he wanted her to do. Okay, gotcha. But she didn't know what all that entailed. So that's the controversy in this, right? Yeah, and I think that's the problem that, I mean, I can't speak for the BDSM community, but I know they they had a huge uproar about this and it just being not BDSM because... It's really not because I've read these two and it is silly. Yeah, (laughs) fair. It's silly. No, literally, Brian, like, we're like, they'll be talking about him doing this, you know, after her. And she says, oh, my, all the time. Oh, my. <laughs> Have you ever heard a girl in all of your sexual history say, oh, my, let alone no. that's her thing to say, oh, no. my, all the time? The six times I've ever had sex, no one has ever said that. <laughs> okay. No. Um. <laughs> um Oh, yeah. my. No, and I heard that no. she was also just a very poor author. It's very bad writing. It really is. Okay, yeah. But I do appreciate what it brought to the mainstream. Well, and it does, you know, it does kind of open that up, and it does kind of make you wonder about what else is out there. And so, I mean, for that, it's it's to be appreciated, right? For sure, for sure. I give yeah. it credit for what it is, which is, you know, something that made it fun to be sexually open and explicit. Sure. And, and, and it, and it definitely okay I mean, this to was, be that way. Yeah, this was 2011. So, I mean, maybe it kind of laid some, laid a little bit of a path for, you know, sex positivity and, you know, women just not After being decades this. of being quiet about it. Because, look, as we just said, the last thing that really did that was in the late 60s, early 70s. Right. So, I mean, you're talking 30 years later, 40 years later. Then all of a sudden it wasn't okay to be sexy again because family values came back into fashion, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now it's okay to ask for whatever you want. Bingo. Uh, Yeah. So, Fifty Shades of of Grey has top bestseller lists around the world, selling over 125 million copies worldwide by June 2015. I almost want to go up and... How'd they do against uh, the Harlequin? Right. Yeah. Um, it was 205 million novels. It's not even close. But see, what but I was trying to say with the Harlequin was there was also how many how many thousands of, of novels released by Harlequin? But this was like okay for everyone this was to one. read. If yeah. you found out that somebody you knew was reading this... You'd be like, oh, yeah, that's normal. But, like, if you found yeah. out that I was reading Harlequin Romance novels, you'd be like, Beth. Uh... Uh, well, unless it was the Paranormal series. <laughs> I'd be like, go, Beth. You'd be like, let me know how that one works out. <laughs> yeah. trade, I'll trade you that for my Chewbacca porn or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot erotica. Bigfoot. Sh- give, give it the respect it deserves. Anyway, Fifty Shades of Grey uh, has been translated into 52 languages and set a record in the United Kingdom as the fastest selling paperback of all time. That's, 
<laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> oh. Okay. So it was so popular. It was also made into a Hollywood film of, <laughs> of all three books, including Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker, and Fifty Shades Freed. So yeah, obviously we know once Hollywood grabs a hold of one of these things, they just crank them out like it's going out of style. Yeah, for sure. And you've read the books and you've seen the movies. Yeah, I well, I only read the first book, but I saw all three movies, and it's it's garbage. I mean, yeah, okay. But I mean, all it's right. like fun garbage, you know. Like okay, obviously, I like Teen Mom. I like trash TV, like <laughs> because I like something right. that's just gonna let me escape my normal life. You know, I don't want to watch movies about like successful women working hard all day because then they just think about work and it gets me stressed out like i want to think about some girl who's like yeah rich billionaire like fuck me and tell me what to do and like you know what i mean like that's what i want to watch because it's trash but good trash in a fun way gotcha yeah yeah that's fair yeah so not only did Hollywood um, get in on the craze, the pornography industry gave birth to plenty of triple X adaptations and parodies of the series Obviously. as well. Obviously. They How do you to. not? Yeah. How you have not? to. How do you not? Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? There's so much solid literature out there that has just come through because... Yeah, and I'm sure we missed a bunch, but, you know, we're just kind of tip of the icebergging this stuff. Exactly. And Those are just the ones that have been really stood out in history to be like, holy shit. At least to hit our radar as non-readers, you know? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we definitely don't read because we're dumb. And it is interesting because it seems like every single one of the things that we touched on um, has kind of brought with it some type of advancement for sex positivity uh sexual revolution you know like if you go back and it's like yeah every single one of these kind of gave uh men and women the sense that it's okay to enjoy sex Mm -hmm. which it's 100 percent okay to enjoy it you should enjoy it the pope said it you gotta do it totally (laughs) yeah i agree so yeah Way to go. Uh, yeah, way to go, literature. Um, maybe I'll start reading more books, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind going back and reading some Marquis de Sade stuff just to see Yeah, how, it'd be interesting. You know, you might read it and be like, this is dumb. <laughs> as soon as I'm done with my Kamala, <laughs> Kamala Harris children's edition, that's my sister said. <laughs> I'm going to get right on that. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian. Yeah. Are you ready for a view? What the? Are you ready for after that high note to be taken right back down to? Right back down. Yeah. Hit me with it. I'm laid back but spontaneous. I love to travel and love. I like pinky rings and Ed Hardy. My kids come first. I don't play games. What the Frank profile of the week? Well, you ready to meet Phil? Yes. Well, Phil is an instructor at the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. Hi, I'm Phil. Comma, I'm single. Life is good. Wink face, tongue out emoji. 
Yeah, for all we know, you're on a goddamn website that already says your name. Okay. <laughs> and already already implies that you're single. Like, I mean... But also the wink face is like, I'm single. Wink. Like, mm, are mm. you? So now, are you? Okay. Mm. okay. Uh, my favorite question is asking women what they expect to see in a man's living situation. Dot, dot, dot. Quotation marks. A clean apartment, comma, clean sheets. Lives like an adult, comma, well-read, comma, can take care of themselves, comma, proper drapes, comma, etc. Quotation. But here's the thing. All that is expensive. What? So, so when I'm told money isn't a factor, comma, sure, comma, the absolute dollar value is meaningless. But everything it brings sure is important. The end. What the fuck? What are you talking about? <laughs> are you trying to justify why you're a fucking filthy pig? Phil, do you have precious moments like decorations on your walls or what is happening here? Do you not clean your sheets, Phil, and you're trying to bring that back to all women want is money? Do you live in a haunted house where you have like <laughs> where you have like you know, like the coverings over all your furniture? Proper drapes? I don't understand what's happening here, but this is is your Very couch covered in specific? Is your couch covered in Bigfoot erotica, Phil? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do you exclusively huh? one haunted house with a covering over the couch and Bigfoot erotica on, on the one bookcase shelf? Is there? It's the only just thing like, I can get from this. And just like cum tissues everywhere. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. It's, That's some incel it's shit. So weird. That, so <laughs> what the oh, frank? What the, what the frank? What the fucking frank, dude? I I was oh. I was reading that word for word. Okay, but anyway, so like he's trying to justify that his that he's a slob inability to clean That's, up after right. himself. Okay, thank you. That's just as long as we're all on the same page. That feels a fucking slob. He's a fucking slob, but now he's trying to pointed it out. And 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 now he's trying to say that it's not that he's uncleanly. It's that we're materialistic or something. Mm. Yeah, that's what that is. What? Okay. (laughs) Okay, so. Oh man, I bet he's just drowning in swipe rights. Yeah, you can say that again. Phil, fix yourself and clean your fucking bathroom. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> no one wants to come over. Like, is that not a normal thing to when somebody's coming over, you just kind of like tidy up you a bit? You tidy up a bit, yeah. You tidy up a bit. Like, I know the way that I live Monday through Friday, but if I've got people coming over, right. I clean up. It's not perfect. Nobody needs to see how I exactly. live. Exactly. Yeah. I'm embarrassed of it. I'm not going to justify it that you're materialistic and only care about money. Yeah. Yeah. Phil. Go and fuck yourself. Oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, he's doing that already. I guarantee it. Oh, my God. Right. Bigfoot erotica and cum tissues everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Beth, I'm crushing on somebody that's so much better than Phil. Thank God. Who is it? Oh, Tell my me. God. I can't wait to hear about this okay. dreamboat. Oh, I can't wait to tell you about this dream boat. <laughs> Beth, I am crushing on Patriots head coach. 
Bill Belichick. Oh my God, me too. Always, but go for it. <laughs> for turning down the Presidential Medal of Freedom. USA. 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 <laughs> it makes He's me like, so, uh, that was, oh, you know, I was just like, how's this going to go down, Bell, 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 don't let oof. me down, Bell. I mean, think about the, uh, the metaphor that that creates. The Patriots head coach, the head coach, yeah. head general of the Patriots. Yeah. Says, Mr. President, thanks, but no thanks. Thanks. It's not me, it's, it's you. It's not me, it's you. <laughs> you could almost say that Bill Belichick is dumping Donald Trump by doing that. Yeah. He's like, hey, um, can you have the next guy call me in about three weeks, though? Yeah, yep, yeah. You know, like, a <laughs> like the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That's That would be a huge award to get. Dude, Annika Sorenstam and, like, one other golfer picked it up the day before, no problem. They had no problem. And uh -huh. it was the day after the insurrection. Gotcha. This is two days post-insurrection, and Bill Belichick is like, no. And if you don't think I was sweating my proverbial dick off, like, waiting mm, to see what was yeah. going to happen with that, yeah. So thank you, Bill. Thank you. I'm proud to be a Pats fan again for the first time in, oh, well, let's just say, like, a while. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Woofers. Okay. But not all is well in Pleasantville, Brian. I am dumping someone. It, is it Phil? It's not Bill. <laughs> it's not Bill, but it is. No, is it Phil? Oh, is it with a PH? Phil. PH. Phil. Oh, well, Phil and I frame. never got together in the first place. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I am dumping the current coronavirus task force of the United States of America for lying about having millions of reserve vaccine doses. Mm. The states were like, "Yeah, could we go ahead and get those?" And they're like, "Um, actually, here." Uh, so they actually, they don't exist. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, yeah. So cool. millions, millions of people are not going to get um, vaccinated. But the good news is, is that we have four days, four days, four days, four days until Joe Biden is president. And then, um, oh yeah, a plan is already about to happen. So it's all going to be okay. We're just going to. I could just see. We only I have to just be see single like... for four days. We only have to be single for four days. <laughs> I could just see like Pfizer in the background, like millions. You guys ordered like fifty thousand. Yeah. What? Do you, what? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And well, I don't have any shout-outs, Brian. Do you have any shout-outs? You know, I'm sure I do, but I'll save them. All right, we'll do it next time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Stay well read, you little Franks and Beanies. Yeah, read those books, you fucking nerds. <laughs> Take care, you little Franks and Beanies. <laughs>